the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When it comes to reconciliation, we have to be intentional about it. Sometimes we've got to go seek it out and go out of our way to make it happen instead of just waiting for it to happen. And reconciliation requires humility. You're just coming to it humbly. Of course, the greatest example of this is Jesus. Jesus humbled himself. Even though he's God, he humbled himself and he became a man and he died on the cross for us, to reconcile us to God. You and I do the wrong thing sometimes. That's just a fact. But what you do following that error is what's talked about today by Pastor Dan. Geographically speaking, Jacob isn't really anywhere near his brother Esau, yet he sets out on a journey to try to make things right, to seek forgiveness and meekness. When trouble comes due to a poor choice, you're reminded to pray in the beginning, not after you have a plan of attack. This order of things makes the difference, saving you from a lot of anxiety and worry. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 32 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Beginning in verse 1 is where we left off last time. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau, Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. And then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. And so Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan River with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, 
lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And so he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 foals, 580 total if you're doing the math. Then he delivered them to the hands of his servants, every drove by itself and said to his servants, pass over before me and put some distance between successive droves. And he commanded the first one saying, when Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, saying, to whom do you belong and where are you going? Whose are these in front of you? Then you shall say, they are your servant Jacob's. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau and behold, he is also behind us. So he commanded second, the third, and all who followed with droves, saying, In this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him, and also say, Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterward I will see his face, and perhaps he will accept me. And so the present went on over before him, but he himself lodged that night in the camp. And then he arose that night, and took his two wives and his two female servants and his eleven sons, crossed over the ford of Jabbok, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. But then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him, And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him. And look what it says. And he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you just for this amazing book, Lord, and for the story of Jacob and so many wonderful things we've gleaned from Jacob. Uh, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. I ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm excited about this chapter. (laughs) I love it. So chapter 31, Jacob finally frees himself from Laban, and he's on his way home to Canaan after being in Haran for for 20 years. Uh, But if you remember, one of the reasons that Jacob fled from Canaan to Haran 20 years before was to escape from his brother Esau, who wanted to kill him. 
Now he's heading back to Canaan. And now he will face Esau. So Jacob comes out of one crisis with Laban. And he enters into another crisis with his brother Esau. And I don't need to tell you, but there are seasons in life when we go from one crisis to another crisis. From one trial to another trial. And they just seem to come like waves. One wave right after another, and we barely have time to recover from the previous trial before another trial comes. And maybe you're in a season like that right now in your life. Well, God will use this crisis in Jacob's life. God will use this crisis in a very powerful way in Jacob's life. Jacob's life will be forever changed by this for the better. Verse 1 says, as Jacob went on his way, that is from Laban, that angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Mahanaim means two camps. There's two camps here. There's Jacob's camp and there's God's camp. This story, it reminds me of another story in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 6. You don't have to turn there. but In 2 Kings chapter 6, the Syrian army invades Israel and Elisha the prophet, Elisha's servant, is, is freaked out because the Syrian army is in the land and Elisha says to him in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, he says, Do not fear, for those who are with us so more than those who are with them. It's just Elisha and his servant standing there. There's more of us than there are of them. And then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Heaven's army was all around them. And Elisha's servant didn't know it because Elisha's servant couldn't see it. And here, the host of angels, there's a host of angels escorting Jacob and his family back home to the land of Canaan. And he didn't know it. Until the angels met him along the way. And he realizes now, wow, the the host of heaven is leading me. In Psalm 34, verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. That includes us, if you fear the Lord. The Lord's army encamps around us. The unseen heavenly host is around us, protecting us. So now verse 3, then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother. Notice, in the land of Seir, in the country of Edom. Now this is an occasion when the geography is important to the story. Jacob was in Mahanaim, which is north of the Dead Sea. If you can picture a map of Israel, maybe you can take a quick look in the back of your Bible. Mahanaim is north of the Dead Sea, kind of in between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. That's where Jacob is, and he's about to cross over into the land of Canaan. We're told that Esau lived in the land of Seir in the country of Edom, which is southeast of the Dead Sea, probably at the bottom of your map in the back of your Bible. 
Jacob was not about to enter into Esau's land. He's not about to enter into Esau's land. In fact, he's pretty far north of Esau. Jacob was not going to cross paths with Esau as he was coming home to Canaan. And Esau didn't live in the land of Canaan anymore. He lives now in the land of Edom. So it's not like Jacob is going to bump into Esau at the Wegmans. You know, they're in two different countries. It would have been very easy for Jacob to avoid Esau, at least for a while. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. So when it says here in verse 3 that Jacob sent messengers to Esau in Edom, this is telling us that Jacob intentionally now seeks reconciliation with Esau. He goes out of his way, literally, to try to initiate some kind of reconciliation with his brother. Psalm 34, verse 14 says, Seek peace and pursue it. And that's what Jacob is doing here. He's seeking peace. He's pursuing peace with his brother Esau. He's being intentional about it, going out of his way. And again, you know, when it comes to reconciliation, we have to be intentional about it. And so he sends these messengers all the way down to Edom. And he commanded them, saying, look what he tells them to say. Speak thus to my Lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. Notice how Jacob esteems Esau. In his message to Esau, he calls Esau, my Lord Esau. And Jacob refers to himself as your servant, Jacob. And remember the promise that God made to Rebekah when she was pregnant with Jacob and Esau. The Lord said the older will serve the younger. Esau will serve Jacob. And Jacob possessed the birthright. And yet Jacob addresses Esau with humility. He esteems Esau higher than himself. He he esteems Esau in a way that Esau doesn't really deserve. He esteems him uh, and addresses him in a way that Esau doesn't really deserve. And yet, this is what Jacob does. When it comes to reconciliation, we have to be intentional about it. Sometimes we've got to go seek it out and go out of our way to make it happen instead of just waiting for it to happen. And reconciliation requires humility. You're just coming to it humbly. Of course, the greatest example of this is Jesus. Jesus humbled himself 
Even though he's God, he humbled himself and he became a man and he died on the cross for us, to reconcile us to God. Verse 5, he mentions all of his great wealth and all the flocks that he has, and, by, and he does this to communicate to Esau that he's not seeking anything from Esau. He's not asking anything. He's, he's not going to take anything from Esau. He's, he's not a threat to Esau at all. There's no, you know, there's no agenda here. So he sends them, and they have to travel you know, anywhere from like 60 to 100 miles to get to Esau. So they go, they come back, however long that takes travel and come back. And now verse six, the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. So which Jacob said, I'm sorry, what'd you say? You know, Did you say 400 men are with him. I don't even know if Esau or if Jacob expected Esau to come at all. But now he's coming. He's got 400 men with him. 400 men is a sizable army. You may remember in chapter 14, Abraham went into battle with 318 men against four other armies, opposing armies, to rescue his nephew Lot. Esau is on his way with 400 men. And of course, Jacob does what we do. He assumes the worst, right? This is not some greeting party coming. Esau's coming seeking vengeance, and he's bringing 400 men with him to exact revenge. And so, verse 7, so Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left, will escape. Jacob was greatly afraid, it says. That word means to be filled with dread. Right? As soon as he hears the news, it just washes over him. 400 men. And then it says he was distressed. That word distress, it has the idea of being besieged or attacked. And you know what that's like when you receive bad news and you feel just besieged by it now. You're under attack. And so what did Jacob do when he was afraid and when he was distressed? What did Jacob do? Well, initially he panicked. (laughs) He panics here and he's operating now out of fear and he panics and he comes up with a panic plan where he's going to divide his family and divide his property into two groups. and, And if Esau attacks one group, hopefully the other group will be able to escape and At least half my family and stuff will be able to survive. This is his plan that he comes up with now out of fear. And then verse 9, though, then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, note that, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies And of all the truth which you have shown your servant, for I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. 
For you have said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. After Jacob panicked, he prayed. It's better to pray first. But at least he gets around to praying. After he panicked, he prayed. You know, the Bible has so many wonderful verses exhorting us to pray in our time of need and in our time of crisis. Verses like Psalm 46, verse 1, that says, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in time of trouble. Verses like Psalm 55, verse 22, that says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you, and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And Psalm 62, Psalm 62, verse 8, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Or Psalm 61 Verse 1, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Is your heart overwhelmed today? Lead me to the rock, Jesus Christ, that is higher than I. Or Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Or in the New Testament, Philippians Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's so many, so many verses in the Bible that exhort us and encourage us to pray. To pray to God. In a time of trial and in a time of crisis. So Jacob prays now. First he panicked. Now he's praying. And his prayer is really a wonderful model prayer for us that we can follow in our time of crisis. First of all, Jacob prays. And I want you to see this. Jacob prays the promises of God back to God. He prays the promises of God Back to God. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, he says, The Lord who said to me, (laughs) Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. In verse 12, he says, For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. You know, God doesn't need to be reminded of what he said, but Jacob needs to be reminded of what God said to him. And it's good to pray God's promises back to God for your own benefit, for your own encouragement in the crisis. Now, I've never counted them before, but I have read that there are 3,000 promises in the Bible. I'll take that number. I know there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. So on average, you will find more than two promises per chapter when you read 
the Bible. And I, I want to encourage you to not only have a habit of reading through the Bible, but praying through the Bible. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft in them Well, I know because I know His voice And it only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess there's a thing of truth that is unmistakable And knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.